Welcome to Listening Space. Join Cornelia and her guests and learn how to improve your life and relationships. Hello and welcome to the Listening Space podcast. I am Cornelia and I'm here to help with life and mindset hacks to help you live and love your life to the fullest. I talk about how to take care of and maintain your mindset and mental health, emotional health, spiritual well-being and all the other delicious topics that come with it. In this episode, I am happy to introduce you to Barbara, whom I recently met in person. Again, (laughs) I am so used to online calls and recordings these days, so it was my absolute pleasure to meet Barbara in person to have this great conversation. I was really looking forward to record this podcast in a different location and I personally do love the background noises. It makes you feel like you are, it's like you sit on the same table with us. So I hope you don't mind the background noises and you enjoy the episode still. In this episode, we talked a lot about the mindset and how to make sustainable changes in your life to not only transform your life, body or relationships, but most importantly, transform the relationship you have with yourself. And if you remember, I talked about this in the previous episode too. I think this is really important. So who is Barbara? Barbara is a great person to talk to because she is also an inspiring life coach. She is an international co-author and an award-winning weight loss consultant. (laughs) How about that? For over 11 years, Barbara has worked with women and men to help, inspire, encourage and coach them through their personal transformations. She has empowered and supported clients to create change in their relationships with themselves and others and she helps them to achieve their goals. What I personally also love is that her love for walking and being outdoors led her to organize and run the Irish Camino, which ties in nicely with the work that she does. But let me stop talking and listen to it for yourself. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Barbara. Hello. <laughs> um, I know from your past journey um, that you went through a, a big physical transition or change. And we talked about this you know, beforehand already today and in the past as well how it kind of came about and it wasn't just about the actual let's say weight loss journey because for you it was you know the weight loss if that's fair to say but it's you also mentioned that the mindset was incredibly important for that and that it probably wouldn't be possible or sustainable to let's say embark on such a journey without the right mindset behind it so can you tell me a little bit more about how you you used your own mindset to embark on that journey and how it impacted you now and why do you think it is important to come in with the right mindset as well? Okay, um, I suppose when you start it's nearly more about the desire to lose weight and 
I know for me, I probably wasn't even thinking about mindset. I was just at that point of desperation. Um, another family wedding, and yet again, I felt, here I go again, I'm going to be the biggest. And even in that decision making, this will tell you how off course the mindset still was. I wouldn't join a group to get help to lose weight until I ate all the Easter eggs that were in the house first. So um, for me initially it was about the, I needed to be slimmer by a certain point. Um, and although I wouldn't recommend that, like I bought a dress, a dress size smaller, it was pressure. Um, so the mindset I suppose didn't come straight away, it was just I had a tunnel vision, this is the goal, this is what I want. And I wanted to still be able to live my life to a certain extent while getting to that. So I suppose after about a year or so of being on a weight loss journey and seeing amazing results, I then realised what else could I do? And that's when I think the journey of the mindset began. So I suppose it was looking at how you view yourself, um, how you think, so positive emotions, negative emotions, how our emotions, because this is so, so, so important, how our emotions actually impact what we eat. Um, everybody thinks weight loss is about what you put in your mouth, but it's understanding how you feel, why you feel that way, and am I using food and drink, as I was in my case, to numb feelings that I didn't understand how to actually express or explain the impact that they were actually having on me. Um, and I always describe now, I use the layers of extra body that I had, they were my armour, they were my protection, but I didn't understand that at the time, that that's what I did. I used the food to protect myself. So. I can't even pinpoint the exact moment like I know I read books even before the weight loss journey started but I didn't fully understand and I think that can be a big misconception as well people think they can read a book and they have it sorted mm. that their mindset is sorted um, I couldn't tell you how many books I've read but if you're not actually putting them into use mm -hmm. that's really the key um, and I suppose it is something I feel really strongly about that I use the tools that I share with people that I work with when mm. I'm trying to help them mm. that they know that I can still have wobbles and still have the odd off day thankfully they're a lot less mm. <laughs> these days but it's knowing what's going to work for you mm. and that's all part of the learning process so it's not a it's not a one-size-fits-all mm. because we there's so many different things out there it's finding the one that works for you yeah yeah I agree yeah. and in the last episode that I uploaded, I touched based on the relationship that you can have with yourself, right? Yeah. And I think it is so important to raise your own self-awareness and become aware of yourself and what works for you, what doesn't, and as well your patterns maybe. And when you say the emotions, for example, to learn or, or in relation to, let's say, in your case with food and stuff. So how did you even start to get to know yourself better or was it did that just come automatically with the you know the transformation and with time or is, do you have any ways or tools that you recommend for example for people that want to look into this yeah and um, i think the, the first thing is actually recognizing the emotion because i think the big thing in ireland is everything we do celebrations or commiserate commiserations center around food and drink um so I think the first thing is to know, am I just celebrating something here or is there something more behind it? So what I started to understand for me was after my marriage breakdown, I spent a lot of time on my own 
looking after my children and I started to eat and drink in secret, not even that it was in secret, but when I may have actually had occasions where I would be out with people or like, it was like in the social situation, it was okay. But then what was happening was um, a glass of wine would become a bottle of wine. But then I'd open a pack of party food that's a share pack. And then I'd realize, I'd, like I'd wake up falling asleep, I'd have fallen asleep on, a, on the chair and I'd wake up kind of going, like, what, what am I doing? How have I done this? But I would, couldn't break the cycle because I wasn't understanding what was actually going on behind it. So there was, there was grief, there was fear, um, loneliness. You think, how could you be lonely when you've got six brothers and one sister and plenty of friends? But it was because I didn't really know who I was or what made me happy. So I kind of, I suppose I slotted in wherever I was asked to slot in because I didn't actually choose whatever it was that I needed because I didn't actually know what I needed. Um, and I suppose I needed to understand who I was, what triggered me. I now know it's anger, it can be fear, it can be grief. Um, you think after a long time that you've resolved issues, but it's even grief for the life that you thought you might have. Um, that's a huge one, and I don't think a lot of people acknowledge that. Um, people think grief is just about losing people that you love, and it's so much more. Um, it's losing the ideals or ideas that you you are, and the expectations. But we won't even go there because <laughs> I always say expectations lead to disappointment but it's what you thought things were going to be and then it turns out to be very different. But it's also for, I know for me, promises that maybe I made not just to myself but to my children and then have to tell them, I'm sorry I'm wrong um, because it's not easy to admit as a parent you've done the wrong thing or you've made the, right, the wrong choice or the wrong decision. But when it impacts other people, um, especially your children because you, all you ever do is want the best for them so yeah it's the self-awareness I think that's the big thing now and you can't unknow that once you become self-aware and then you learn how to I suppose how to handle your emotions more wisely and when you feel whether it's anger or grief or guilt or fear to actually look well what's behind that it's one of the things I, I read in a book recently um Brené Brown's book Atlas of the Heart I got it as a gift from a friend of mine and she actually talks about the fact that there's 87 different emotions but behind every emotion there's a few other emotions and the big one that came up for me was anger but behind the anger there was sadness there was hurt there was guilt there was shame, there was embarrassment, there was fear, there was worry. So it's like, poof, like it was mind blowing, mind blowing. So um, yeah, I think it was the becoming aware of what makes you tick, um, what upsets you. Because then if you realize I'm only going for a food or a drink because it's going to make me feel better, that's when you kind of get that aha moment of, this isn't making me feel better because I'm in the spiral of food and drink that's making me gain more weight and um, also adding to depression because I had suffered with depression as well um, but when you're in the cycle you can't see it yeah that's the problem that is such a good point and I experience a lot as well sometimes with people that they are in that cycle and they can't see yeah. through it and 
what do you think can help when you find yourself being in that space to kind of break it or get out of it or what would you recommend is it su to seek support or how can someone you know I'm like I'm kind of laughing here because I'm thinking what I used to do and recently one of my clients actually said that she she thought about this as well but I used to shout into the press you're not going to get me I told the two press doors open <laughs> um, that probably isn't the right way to go about it but sometimes it is that releasing of the thing like now I suppose when I feel myself getting worked up I would say okay what do I need so I'll just stop and ask myself long enough what do I need it might be there's a that I don't believe it's an analogy yeah halt am I hungry am I angry am I lonely am I tired because sometimes we think we feel something but it's a different thing because two of the biggest things that are mixed up is hunger and thirst and most people are not hydrated enough don't drink enough water and if you don't drink enough water your your body can actually signal that it's hunger but if you drink water first you might realize I'm not and when I think of some of the disastrous extreme diets that I would have done over the years um, and they'd say, you know, brush your teeth or eat an apple. Like, I'd be cursing, are you having a laugh? If I want food, I want food. But I can see why they do it, because it's that delay tactic to stop you diving in. Because when you're caught up in the emotion, you don't have clear thinking, so you just straight in. And then you've done the damage, and then you feel guilty. And what do you do to make yourself feel better? You go back in and start all over again. So it's just being able to find an awareness using is it hungry angry lonely tired or the other one would be stop so it means the same thing but it's to actually stop s for stop t to take that time out to have a breath observe well what is happening for me here and then proceed now i always say proceed with caution just like the yield sign on the roads and um, because in that moment you could proceed down the road of chuck it in the effort bucket and lash into something that you don't want to or if you stop long enough by proceeding with caution you may be able to make a different choice or a different decision you know am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating because I'm angry they're two very different things oh, that's great advice yeah, yeah that's great and would you recommend for example to let's say write that out as well or talk to someone about it or talk to your friends about it because I found that sometimes yeah. when you just think about it you can as well have your realizations and your moments but I'm a big fan of actually putting it out as in write it, yeah. write it down journal talk to someone talk to yourself talk to yep. your dogs kids. well I talk to myself a lot and um, they say it's a sign of madness but I know it's not anymore um, definitely writing it down but even if the feelings that are coming out um, aren't very nice what you're saying about yourself things like what I used to say there you go again you gobshite you effing idiot sure why would anybody love you look at the state of you all of those kind of things but if you could write it out and say, right, how am I going to release this? I love an old burning ceremony out to the back garden. Um, and the whole ritual behind that is I'm actually letting it go. So you might even say, this is no longer true or I no longer believe this. Um, so that you're trying to change the, how you think about it. So although you've said those horrible things about yourself, that you can actually let them go. Mm -hmm. And by burning it, you're basically saying, I am releasing it. Now, that doesn't mean that by burning it, it's just going to instantly go. 
but you will have that sense of release. But I think the more you understand who you are and how you operate, the easier that actually gets. So the writing of it and asking yourself the questions, like I do a lot of questioning, but even the five whys, I think just to go deeper, like, why am I doing this? And whatever answer comes up, you come up with, well, why is that? So why? So why? Mm -hmm. So why? So the deeper that you go, it gives you a better understanding because what you thought it may have been, it may not actually be that at all. And it might uncover stuff that's uncomfortable or emotional, but even write about that too. So then it's all better out than in, as I always say. It's one of my famous lines. Anyone that works with me laughs because they know I say it's a Shrek moment. better out than in yeah (laughs) you know because when it's internal you feel it you feel it in your stomach you feel that uncomfortable like i suppose that thing of learning to trust your gut it's so powerful um your gut tells you long before you realize and it might be in that the fact that it's making you feel ill or it's making you feel uncomfortable even it could be with people that are around you a lot of us don't actually listen to our gut um, so your gut can tell you so much, not just about food, yeah. but it can tell you about your food too. Mm. If it does, if it doesn't, you know, if it's not nurturing you or mo- not making you feel good, mm. well then why would you keep doing it? Yeah. And that's eventually what I came to. Oh my God, how does this make me feel? Mm. And then try and make a better choice. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be choosing wisely all the time. After all, life has to be lived. You have to enjoy the things you love as well. You just learn how to enjoy them in moderation or in a different way. Or you'll find something else that you love that re- that replaces that thing that caused you so much pain. Mm. Really, yeah. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. And when you think about the relationship that you had with yourself back then, let's say, when you before you started your transformation and even throughout and compared to right now, how did it impact the relationship that you had with yourself? Like, did you see a change there? Absolutely. Well, I can tell you out straight, and I had this conversation with somebody I met on the Camino in October, and he actually said to me, you're the second person today who told me you hated yourself. I couldn't imagine anybody hating themselves. But in that moment of desperation, I remember I was looking in the mirror. It was two days, I think it was two days after Christmas. My girls were with their dad, and I got up to go somewhere, and I looked in the I had a full-length mirror in the wardrobe and I just literally done an assassination look at your sad eyes look at your fat face look at your stretch marks look at your belly you're a mess cried some more and then got back into bed with a box of chocolates now um, as I I suppose I just say I always remember thinking look at the state of the stretch marks in the whole lot now I see those as my war wounds I earned them stripes Um, they remind me of how far I come but it's that thing of it didn't matter when I was a size 20 I still had the stretch marks I'm a size 10 I still have the stretch marks but I'm much more comfortable with how I earned them I suppose Um, I just say they're my war wounds they're also the they gave me my two children Um, I, I always say I'm lucky I got pregnant twice and had two children. wasn't easy. wasn't easy being on my own with them after things went AWOL with their dad. But at the same time, where I am now is, I suppose, the body I live in now has brought me to this point in time. So it's been able to accept, well, it served its purpose at the time. And thank God I finally had the cop to do something to mind it and look after it because I want to live long happy and healthy my 20s and 30s were very 
miserable and I was overweight for most of them. So like that, I was 39 when I started my slimming journey. So just the year before my 40th birthday and the last 10 years I've been slim and it's well, nearly 12 actually. And it's just been amazing. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's worth the deep stuff that's behind it. But that really is the answer. It's not the food, it's unpacking the years of well for me it was self-abuse and the language that I used the things I used to say to myself so being able to actually change that to positive self-talk yeah there's still days I look in the mirror and go Jesus look at your belly or but then I go yeah but isn't it great that you've got to where you are now and wearing clothes maybe that you wouldn't have worn before but just being comfortable in who you are and that thing of not caring about what other people think because I'm okay and I obviously want it to be I'm okay and you're okay but I can't make somebody else think feel or act like I do mm. you know when I always say when somebody is ready what does they say when the student is ready the teacher will come thankfully the teachers arrived as I needed them and found myself on a different path which is just it's amazing mm. self-awareness is just powerful mm. yeah yeah that's beautiful and do you have any advice or tips in regards of let's say self-awareness to you know you mentioned a couple of things already but like how to look more into it or raise it like there's a lot of different ways for everybody so i would like to give you know listeners the chance to maybe you know listen to something that resonates for them if you know if they haven't come across it yet so what ways of raising your self-awareness would you say work really well or could work well for someone or what would you be your advice let's say or just tips I, I can't even think about how it how it even began I think it was a more I think the biggest thing is is feeling that you're worthy so that's probably where it needs to start because when you initially embark on a weight loss journey there's so much self-loathing and self-hate that you need to believe first of all I am worth the time and the effort the biggest thing I've seen with people that I've worked with from a weight loss perspective is they put everybody else before them and they think it's selfish to be at the top of their own list but I always say you can't be the person you want to be for other people whether it's through your being a mommy through your job through your relationships etc you know you're say I'm saying from my perspective I'm a mother I'm a daughter I'm a partner I work as a life coach I work as a Camino and um, bringing people on the Camino I've I have friends that I love to spend time with but if I don't look after what I need I can't be that person that can look after everybody yeah. else so it's learning to understand your own self-worth is probably the very very first step and then the second thing is to try and think of is there ever some change that you've made that you thought you never thought was possible because then you've got the evidence that you can actually change something so no matter how small it is it doesn't matter because then you know well remember that time it might even be passing your driving test because all of us think the first time we sit behind a car like oh god am I ever going to be able for this and then you're cruising down the motorway off on your holliers to somewhere else in the country and you're going oh my god you do that subconsciously it's an automatic response so that's eventually the point that you'll get to that you will automatically make those 
choices that are going to benefit you without thinking because you believe I'm worth it and you've got the evidence somewhere to show you. So I think that's the first thing is probably looking at something that you've done you never thought was possible so that you've got evidence I can change. And then not looking at the end goal because this is the biggest mistake I think people make. Say for me, I knew I needed, at that, at, well I suppose when I started I knew I needed to lose four stone but I said I'd go for three and then initially decided well how can I break that down into small chunks mm. so you're not looking at the end picture mm. and then week by week you've got evidence oh my god I've lost two pounds or three pounds now I've got my half stone then I get my stone so then you're slowly but surely building up the confidence so it's it's it kind of reflects out in everything that you do then yeah. and then as the confidence grows you'll realize oh, you get really like oh happy days look at me now what else can I do so then it grows yeah to you actually achieving whatever it is you set out to do that so it's not just the weight loss either yeah i know we were talking about the weight loss perspective mm. yeah yeah and it ties in so nicely with what you said earlier about having expectations or grieving about you know expectations or things that you had in or planned right yeah and what i learned as well throughout my journey is for example that when you you know achieve the baby steps and you maybe have a bigger goal on your mind but Sometimes it's important to allow yourself to realize, oh, maybe the direction actually changes, which brings me away from my initial yeah. goal a little bit, or maybe it brings me to somewhere else where I need to be, and then deal with that change too, and maybe you have to grieve about the initial goal, let's say. Yeah. So I love to say as well, you know, baby steps. Absolutely. Go start with baby steps yeah. and allow yourself to be open. So would you agree that's something you experienced as well, that sometimes... It worked out a little differently for you, but oh. in the end it was great. <laughs> it worked out very differently. Um, well, I suppose I always joke, my granddad used to always say, he, he died actually just around the time that I met my husband. And I always felt pressure because my two older brothers were already with their girlfriends a couple of years and they had met when they were quite young. And I suppose the thing that was put to me, which was probably quite common back in the, well, when was I a teenager in the 80s, um, it would have been put to me, you know, that the be all and end all was getting married and having kids. And I, although I always knew I wanted more, I didn't really know what that more was because that's all I knew, mm. if that makes sense. So it definitely didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. Would I change it? Absolutely not, because I wouldn't have learned the things I've learned and I wouldn't have taken the different directions and changes I've made. You know, I worked in accounts for years and now I, I don't even like doing my own. It's like anything that keeps me at the desk, although there are lots of things at my work that, that I have to be at the desk, but I would rather be having the conversations where I know I'm helping people. I'd rather be out in nature on the Camino, um, which is where I brought that into part of my work because it had such a powerful impact on me. So little did I know when I embarked on my weight loss journey, one of my goals was to be able to be able to walk part of the Camino. But when I went, I got so much more than what I ever thought in terms of learning mindfulness, uh, finding peace, the sheer joy of being in nature and only have to think about one step in front of the other one foot in front of the other and then seven days with like-minded women supporting each other minding each other talking about your blisters all that kind of stuff never in my wildest dreams back then in 2016 did i know that this was where i was going to end up but through working with a coach every time it came up 
she was like, why aren't you doing this? It's obvious you love this. And I kind of thought, I actually never realised you could actually make your work something you love. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, so that aha moment. So, um, yeah, the twists and the turns and mm. the learnings are all part of it. So it's going with it. And, you know, you know, where sometimes I, I you know when I was younger, you might go for an interview and you'd really be wanting it. But now when I look back, I only ever wanted it for the money. Mm. No other reason. Yeah. Um, so when I didn't get it, it obviously wasn't for me because I didn't have the right intentions behind it. Yeah. Whereas now I want anyone that I work with to understand change is possible. Yeah. It's not always easy, but it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. And that if they decide they want to take a different direction, knowing that if you work with a coach, they're not going to tell you how to do it or what to do. They're going to help you to reveal mm -hmm. it and unlock it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love mm -hmm. about coaching is yeah. it helped me to unlock all of the joy that I didn't even realize I could experience through, you know, getting fit and getting healthy. Like I still kind of go, how on earth did this actually happen? Do you know, yeah. I pinch myself every time I'm on that road coming into Kerry, I'm in my car like, going yay here I go again so yeah it's it's an amazing experience to be able to create something that you love having never once even believed you could go for a proper walk because you were so overweight mm. you know okay so tell us more about what a Camino exactly is okay. what it means and yeah. tell me what you do in Ireland uh, yeah. I think it is in Ireland it is it? Yeah. yeah so tell like me branching how out to Spain this year too <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about that and what the Camino yes yeah. well Camino means the way um, and I suppose I was trying to think recently how did I first hear about the Camino and I think it was back in 2008, there was a film made by uh, Martin Sheen and his son, Emilio Estevez. So Sheen came from, well, the, the father was Irish, the mother was Spanish, and they lived in Galicia, which is along the route of the Camino. And the Camino was a journey that St. James took from saint jean pied de port in France, bringing Christianity to Spain, to a place called Santiago. And during that journey, they, basically it's a pilgrimage, um, but it's not necessarily, as I to say, a pilgrimage where you have to suffer any more than you need to suffer. A lot of people go because they're either trying to recover from a major event in their life. Some people go for spiritual reasons. Some go literally for the pilgrim uh, route to experience some kind of hardship, but through doing that, they uncover their own strengths. So it really, really depends. So, so for some people, it's just, I, I like walking. Let's have a physical challenge. There's the spiritual challenge. There's the religious. Um, and then there's people who are searching for comfort or peace following an experience in their lives. So for me, it was about the weight loss. Initially, uh, you know, when I lose weight, I'd, maybe I'd like to give this a shot. So as I said, with Martin Sheen, he grew up in that area, went to Hollywood to find his fame and fortune and always wanted to do it. And he's actually a devout Catholic. Um, so he basically had said to Emilio, his son, who's a director and a writer, I'd love to do this, but I don't think I could do the whole journey. The whole journey is 800 kilometers. So you can now do 
the last, you, you can do it in stages. So the most popular thing to do is to do the last 120 kilometers. And if you do that, you have a pilgrim passport and you get stamps to show you've passed through all the different towns. And then you get a certificate, a beautiful Latin certificate in the, pass, in the Camino office in Santiago when you arrive. Um, so he decided this is what you're going to do, condensed it into two weeks and made a movie out of it so that they could have the experience and then share it. So there's four different characters who all think they're coming for one particular reason and they all bond over different reasons and share different experiences and it's amazing to see what unfolds and that's what I love because that's exactly what I experienced, what I thought was very different to what I experienced and any time I go it's different. So I've been on six different routes of the Camino de Santiago in Spain and Portugal. Um, and I suppose after my first experience, I thought, how could I bring this to Ireland? Discovered that there was a Camino Society that actually is linked to the same Camino de Santiago. And it's about the saints, I suppose, that had pilgrims that, I suppose, or pilgrimages that brought them to different lands. So in Kerry, there's seven in Ireland, but in Kerry, it's um, St. Brendan the Navigator. And he basically took the trip starting where he did he, I think he was from Fenet in Kerry but he started in Tralee Tralee to Camp Camp to Anascal and Anascal to Dingle and then there is rumour that he met Christopher Columbus somewhere along the way and he never even got to Spain so <laughs> so that's where the Kerry Camino comes from mm -hmm. so when I first discovered it I just went down and decided I'm going to get a bus company I suppose the towns of Camp and Anascal the whole idea of a pilgrim is there with the pilgrim the Camino you stay in each town as you pass through um, but I wanted to create something that was more luxury because in Spain you can either stay in albergues you can camp you can stay in hostels which the albergues are similar to hostels or you can stay in hotels anything from standard guest house the whole way up so I would normally have stayed in the middle of the road get the bags transported I don't believe in any additional suffering so I thought wouldn't it be nice to have a luxury Camino? So I found a gorgeous hotel. Well, I found a few hotels. So my thing for selecting a hotel was um, comfort, nice food, and quiet in the evening so that you could sleep, so you could get up and walk the next day. So after staying in three or four different places, I chose the Ash Hotel in Tralee. Discovered afterwards it was a four-star hotel with loads of five-star reviews. So I was like, it ticks all the boxes found an amazing bus company who just so happened to have a driver who was equally as obsessed with the Camino. So it was, it worked out, Talk, as nice. we said earlier, the right people <laughs> coming into your life at the right time. And John has been amazing. Anybody who's been with me last year loved him, joined us for dinner at our end session and everything mm -hmm. last year. So that's kind of where it started. Um, and this May, I'm going to be actually bringing people to Spain. While on the Camino in Kerry last year, I met a man who actually looks after the research behind um you know where to stay and the history and he puts the packages together but he only does it for groups so he's not a one-to-one -one person so i suppose i was the ideal person for him and he's basically helped me to put package together to bring a group in may Aww, so yeah that's very excited <laughs> that's so awesome and do you as well include the coaching within the walks or when people join you for the Camino walks in Ireland or in Spain now in the future yeah. how does that look like um, I hadn't intentionally said there's coaching as part of this because I know for people they have to be ready they have to want mm. to seek that out but 
but we still have conversations and that can actually lead to coaching um, but it's never done intentionally but it's more for me about I suppose the motivation comes alongside that so say maybe people who feel they can't go on or they're having a tough day I always say I lead from the back so I'll stay with the person that's maybe finding it tougher so that they don't feel because they'll always say I'm holding everybody up and I'd say no they have to wait for me so I will then guide whoever's at the front to stop at certain you know um, what you call them certain Mild, milestones yeah. yeah so I'd know different landmarks and say mm. when you get to such a place or you'll, you'll come to a forest when you get to the end of this path or mm. whatever so that way the person who maybe is having a bit of a challenge I, I might get them to just stop and breathe and to turn around and remind them look what can you see so it distracts them from thinking about the fact that they're holding other people back they're not holding anybody back but what it does is it gives them the confidence then to kind of go oh I can do this the great thing about Kerry is there's a Kerry Camino passport and there's a certificate at the end of that too so we get to celebrate we get we've different there's stamps in different places throughout and we finish in Dingle on the last day in the church of St James so it's it's amazing absolutely amazing yeah, that sounds great. And when it comes to mindfulness, I love, you know, that you just mentioned you get them to stop and breathe and look around. Yeah. So mindfulness, how important, you know, would you, yeah, how important do you think mindfulness is? And is there, you know, as well, specific ways of mindfulness that you include either into the walks or in general? Yeah. Like what it's, do you think it's about funny, it? um, it's become more intentional than what I anticipated it to be. And that's only be through the more trips I have and I'm observing people, I'm now introducing more things like saying stop and look or did you see that? And even just at the beginning, saying to people, you know, if somebody is walking on their own, give them the, the opportunity to stay walking on their own. Um, you know, say, would you like a conversation or not? Because sometimes people will want that space to just be on their own in their thoughts looking thinking um so for me the mindfulness is huge but it might be just thinking i know what gets me through on a tough day and anyone that follows me on facebook will see back in october i shared a photograph on my last day my last day of the seven days walking it was really really tough i woke up that morning and my stomach was acting up i sent the text to the people i'd met to say i'd meet them and i sent it to the wrong one and so they went without me and I was walking on my own that day but I actually kept saying to myself it was obviously meant to be because there was lots of thoughts coming up there was lots of emotion coming up and all I kept thinking was all I need is one foot in front of the other so that just kept me in that moment not thinking about the miles that were ahead because another blister had come up and um, I was just not feeling right and it was my last day and I kept thinking this is my last day you've had nothing but great fun all week but by god you're feeling it today so it just reminded me that anything can change in a moment but also to only think about the next step the next step so I wasn't worrying about the end goal but by the time I got close to the end I googled my hotel and it said it was four and a half kilometers away and I burst out crying <laughs> So it doesn't matter how well prepared you are, the unexpected can happen. But within moments of just, look, you don't have to walk tomorrow. Calm down and just come back into this moment. And next of all, two people who I'd met along the way came along. So I had someone to walk in with, to talk to. So therefore, it brought me kind of back to, together again. So that thing of the mindfulness is so important. 
people think mindfulness is sitting and meditating, but mindful movement is powerful. And mm -hmm. um, I find I get my best inspiration when I'm out walking, mm -hmm. which is probably why I do it so much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, just to literally focus on one step in front of the other. Mm -hmm. So it's, it might be just bringing it back to that. Yeah. You know. That's, yeah. that's beautiful and it brings us back to the baby steps as well yes. again yeah one step at a time yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah so when so it I think it's perfect because you just described how it can be challenges in moments sometimes yes. you know and I, I see it a lot of times that people struggle with actually coming into the moment mm. right so regardless of their situation or struggles or whatever they're doing so what would you recommend for people who you know who could do with a bit of mindfulness but they find it actually hard to focus on the the here and now the yeah. present moment what would you recommend is it like the physical sensations or do you have any tips or tricks for we think one of the best things that i would do and it, this one can actually lift your mood at the same time i do this quite a bit put on your favorite song and dance around the kitchen because it distracts you from whatever is upsetting you or just making you feel anxious but if it's your favorite song it'll bring the feel good factor um, and that's ultimately what you want in that moment is to feel a little bit of a release it doesn't mean you're denying what's happening but you're just lifting your mood and then it can help you to then sit and actually look at it before deciding how do I proceed with it um, but that's probably one of the ones I would use the most um, because I think if people feel they have to sit still when your mind is racing sitting still is not an easy thing to do yeah. but I think movement is powerful mm -hmm. for bringing you back into yeah. the moment as well but the favorite song it means you're going to lift your mood at the same time so uh, like my favorite one is don't stop me now and uh, during the pandemic when I was still doing Slimming World, I had a few members that were just really in a flunk. And I said to them, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you a video that's going to make you laugh. But then I decided to do it live on my page. And I just said, feck it, go with it. Yeah, it's going to be awkward and it's going to be uncomfortable. So I danced and sang along just because I knew it was going to cheer people up. But it was great for me because it took me out of my comfort zone. But also it was great for them because they saw that I had no problem with being silly or acting the maggot mm. as they say yeah. you know but it raises every time I listen to the song I'm just like buzzing and that's what you want is to bring you back into that feel good moment mm. so you're not getting taken away in the and yeah. end up in the depths of despair mm. so movement probably would be the one that I would go with quickest mm. because you may not want to sit and write because yeah. you're feeling so like all yeah. over the place because it can be quite scary then to see what kind of madness comes out yeah you know that makes so much sense yeah, yeah. i agree with that um everybody's different so sometimes yeah. it helps to force yourself to maybe sit down or sometimes it helps to actually move yeah and i would be as well a person where the movement works better especially when the mind is busy and racing yes. yeah and i know a lot of people who have as well a very active busy mind so mm. i as well i would prefer to recommend try out movement you know yeah with a song or maybe it's exercises or yoga for example yoga, absolutely i love my yoga as well yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. that so that makes a lot of sense and it might even be um picking up the phone and phoning a friend and have you ever felt like this because sometimes when you're going through one of those mad moments you kind of think like i used to actually say to my mom am i actually going mad 
you know. Um, but if you, but by voicing it, then you kind of, it, it helps you to, I suppose, understand. Well, the fact that I'm cognitive enough to actually ask that question, no, I'm just having a really, really tough time understanding what's happening right here now. So yeah. it helps you to then move through it a bit quicker. Yeah. You know, or as I said to you earlier, being okay with my form of madness, you know, <laughs> accepting yourself yeah. in that moment yeah. that you may not have the answer mm. yet. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah. a good point. Yeah. I, I as well, I love to, you know, just sometimes when I find myself within a challenge, I, I love to remind myself to just to know that in hindsight it will make sense. You yeah. know, it does happen for yeah, a reason. Yeah, you may not know. You may right not now. know exactly. Yeah. And that sometimes gives me peace in itself. So when there's something challenging happening, yeah. I know, okay, it will make sense eventually. So relax. Yeah. You know, like deal with it as best as you can. Yeah. You know, think about the tools and the things that work for you or not. And once again, that's why I think as well a relationship to yourself or self-awareness, yeah. as you described it so nicely earlier, so important yeah. because you will remind yourself or remember, oh yeah, this works well for me when I struggle. And if I don't know what works well for me, try it out. Yeah. Or what would you actually say as well when someone doesn't know yet what works well for me? How do I deal with this or that? What would you recommend? I suppose then? being open to trying different things whether it's sitting still whether it's opening a book whether it's to make a call whether it's to move it might even be just to give yourself long enough to sit with a cup of tea mm. so that you're not forcing yourself because it could be any of any one of those and it might be a different one at different times mm. depending on what it actually is and um, it might even be just giving yourself time to, to have a bath or something especially an epsom salt bath because that's great for actually taking all the negative toxins from your body you know or drinking a glass of water it, there's a lot more simple stuff this was probably the biggest aha for me was I thought it had to be something huge and difficult because in my head everything was huge and difficult but there's so many ordinary everyday simple things mm. that can actually it might even be just hugging somebody mm, you know yeah. like that was one thing during the pandemic myself and my daughters were at home and we used to laugh because every day we we having it we all coming in for a group hug like i i think it must have been really really challenging for people that were on their own and um, and i know at the end of our yoga practice my, my yoga teacher always gets you to turn on your side and to give yourself a hug um but it, I, I don't think anything beats hugging somebody that you care about yeah um or somebody that you meet, you know, it's such a, like, I know you're not Irish, but you may as well be at this stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a real Irish thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you've realised that too. Yeah. yeah, I got to, I well, I wasn't, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I got used to it or if I just unlocked it now at this stage, but I'm definitely now, yeah, getting into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even when we came in, that's what I said to you, are yeah, you okay yeah, for a yeah. hug? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, these days it's obviously tricky. Cause because you don't want to be upsetting anybody. Exactly. You know, yeah. you have to, I suppose, and it comes back to the awareness of other people's yeah. space. And that's, it's even strange after all this time that we now ask people when we meet them, are you okay mm. if I hug you? Whereas before you wouldn't have. Yeah. But, but I suppose now we're aware because we don't want to upset somebody that maybe is vulnerable mm -hmm. or, you know, has any health issues. So you, you just don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. 
actually one thing I wanted to ask you as well is I know you are doing the river swims or river dips the dips so and you know obviously it is cold Uh, well I assume the (laughs) river is cold cold. (laughs) and I am a big fan of cold water exposure so sea swims or cold showers or river dips yeah so tell me a little bit about how you find the river dips or the cold water exposure and what it does for you and would you recommend it or not what you think about cold water as such um it kind of happened by accident for me um not christmas gone the christmas before my yoga teacher we our classes were still online i think there might have been a bit of outdoor stuff happening in between in the good weather but she wanted to do a dip for charity and she just happened to say it one day and i'm all for trying new things so i just went oh yeah i'll do it so she said we would do it for charity so because it was for charity it made it easier so I suppose our thing was in advance I was thinking about how we would do it and I suppose most people when they research the cold water dip and they'll come across Wim Hof and the power of the breath and because I'd already discovered mindfulness um, I was kind of in touch with how the breathing would help so that morning I think we were so buzzed up by what we were doing that definitely helps as well so I suppose over the summer I, I started to do it more then I came across a lady on Instagram who was doing it she was trying to spread the love of how it helped her through grief um, and then as the winter went on further I was like I found the ripple effect um, in Dublin and at Christmas then I, it just kind of escalated um, and then I realised it's the buzz there's a feeling of there's great anticipation first of all then there's the thing of everybody's talking about the cold but when you get in and you start to think about the the breathing and yes it's cold but for me I kept thinking I feel alive that was the big one I feel alive and in that moment you might think it's mad but it was a great um and when I try to describe it to people I don't feel I can describe it properly until they experience it but it's that feeling of being alive but what I noticed in recent times because I was meeting like-minded people doing it it was the camaraderie that was around it it like I was at a thing a few weeks ago the ripple effect were one year old and it's like it's just a guy decided let's do this create the ripple effect encourage people to enjoy the power of breath and the cold water and how it invigorates you and wake you up and I kept connecting with people who I had maybe connected with online and then I was seeing them in person and it was even better in person so I was like I want that feeling I want more of that so I thought well it's healthy it's good for me Um, I'm not a great swimmer I'm not very confident swimmer I'm supposed to be doing a triathlon in June so I thought that well that would be a start because the the river parts is a swim in the river um, I don't even like put my head in the water, but I'm learning to do that. Um, so it's just that it's it's invigorating. It's just mm. the, the the big thing for me is it makes you feel alive. Yes. And when you find like-minded people that want to do it with you for the crack, sure why not? Yeah. Oh, I can so relate to it because one of the things I found it did for me was, for example, it pulls you or it pulls me into the into the moment. Yeah. And I started to do a 30-day challenge, and um, when I was very anxious when I start as and when I did it and it helped me a lot to instead of being stuck in my head it just pulled me into my body because it was uncomfortable even pain it feels painful sometimes in the beginning when you're not used to the cold water so it helps you focus as well that's what I found yeah Yeah. and the focus on the breath obviously yeah 
And funnily enough, I actually going to meet up tomorrow with a friend to go for a sea dip. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> and um, they also have a mobile sauna at the beach. Some kind of oh well, it's so a get bit the of afterwards. Yeah, but it's those extremes, you know. Yeah. So we're gonna be in the sauna first, and I found out this was an absolute game changer. So there is the heat first, yeah. and I'm actually uncomfortable with the heat because my body is not made for it i don't know <laughs> but you know it's uncomfortable in the heat and then you go for the dips so you, you yeah. sauna dip sauna dip so it's a constant and that i found is just amazing for mindfulness yeah the body being pulled into your body and if you are anxious maybe or even not or an overthinker I, I thought it was just a game changer. Well, apparently there's great benefits for your health as oh, well, and your not skin mention, and cellulite not and all that kind that. of stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but that didn't even, I only learned about that afterwards <laughs> yes. kind of thing. Yeah. For me, it was about stretching myself out of my comfort zone, yes. trying to do something different. That's um, I like a challenge. I didn't realize just how much I like challenges. Um, but that was the big thing was, well, what else can I do? Literally going back to the very yeah. beginning of the weight loss. Mm. What else can I do that I couldn't do before? Mm. Well, feck it, let's give it a shot. <laughs> I don't believe in now causing myself any harm. I try and do everything that I do safely. So that's really yes. important for me Same. as well. Um, you know, even with the training that I had to do before I could bring people officially on walks, like people say, "How you don't need to train to walk. But from health perspective, health and safety and um, being comfortable on higher ground. Now, most of the stuff I do isn't on higher ground, mm -hmm. but I do like an old mountain. I'm going up Carintool now. That's going to be a challenge um, on the 2nd of April and then Snowdonia at the end of April for a sunrise challenge. Wow. So for me, it's always looking at how else can I stretch myself to learn and grow a little mm -hmm. bit more? Because that's what's going to give you then the, I suppose, the strength when things are tough mm -hmm. to cope with different challenges that you might have yeah. and also to, to work on your goals yeah you know the goals yeah. don't have to be about work that and this is what I because I used to say if I could put the same stuff into some of the work things that I can into the personal challenges mm. sure then I'd be flying <laughs> yeah. but I, I, it's it's bridging the gap between the two yeah. of them and that's something that I'm working on mm. is where where that difference is mm. but I know that part of that is the uncomfortableness yeah. of putting myself out there but now I'm like well if I don't do it nobody else yeah. will what's it they say nobody's coming to save you <laughs> so you have to do it yourself yeah that's so true <laughs> yeah. yeah I yeah. do as well I do love to embrace challenges yeah. and there is actually that really fine line sometimes because challenges can be too much as well sometimes yeah. or what about the safety right yeah. and I, I as well I always say if it is safe to do so you know go yeah. for it or Absolutely. try and push or what I love is facing your fears for example yeah and if it's a fear of height of course make sure you're safe when you face yeah. your fear of yeah. heights right but I, I just agree as in that's yeah I, yeah I can't stop talking about this in general I love you just brought me back to actually a memory of the Camino in October. One of the days, and you laugh at this, like you walk into a town, and next of all, there's a horse, like literally tied up outside a bar. And I was after saying to a couple of the people I was walking with, considering I live in the Curra, I've never been on a horse. I'm a little bit scared because they're so big. Mm -hmm. And I had a list of th 50 things to do in my 50th years. Mm. And one of them was to get on a horse. So one of them said to me, did you say a horse was on your list? I dare you to ask your man, can you have a go of his horse? Now you can imagine, I didn't know if the man even spoke English. So it's like, I don't know who owns the horse. Is it the one with the stirrups? So of course there was a couple of Irish guys, a Brazilian lady, 
couple of American ladies, an American man, and they're all going, go on, go, go, go. And I was just like, feck it, I'll do it. <laughs> so I said to one of them, here's my phone. If he says yes and we do it, you better record it because I don't know if I'll do it again. <laughs> so anyway, I went up to the man and of course, being Irish, you have to tell him the whole story as to why you're asking. I couldn't just say, give us a go, your horse. <laughs> yeah. So I actually said to him, I am, I'm on a challenge to tick 50 things off my to-do list for my 50th birthday and one of them is to have a go on a horse and I live in a place where there's lots of horses and I've never been on a horse so of course I told him the whole story can I have a go on your horse? okay he says so off we went um, he brought the horse over towards a bench and I was going to try and climb that way and he, the horse was kind of moving so anyway I put my leg in the stirrup and the horse threw the leg over no problem I was like oh my god so he says, do you want to move? And I said, well, now that I'm up, why not? So he brought the horse for a little walk up and down. And I would, now my stomach was like churning, but I was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing it. So um, even in the middle of one challenge, when I got the opportunity, and I think that's a big one, you know, sometimes you think too much about things. Yeah. So if an opportunity presents itself and it's going to challenge you, mm -hmm. sometimes just say yes. Yeah. My thing this year was to say yes wherever I possibly could if it was something that was going to be positive mm -hmm. or good. But only say no when you need to protect yourself. Yeah, you know, or one. always say no when you need to protect yourself. True, you know, true. I yeah. love that. So if, for example, you know, someone is listening now and they really resonate with you and what you are saying and all the advice that you're giving, it's great, by the way, then how <laughs> can you. they actually find you or if they wanted to join a Camino or work with you in some way or the other, how can they find you, approach you? What, okay. what should they well, do? Well, my website is under construction. It's the, that's the thing that gives me the kick in the gut because the techie stuff. I wouldn't, I can't, I don't even want to say I wouldn't be great at anymore. I'm learning lots. Um, so you'll get me on Instagram or Facebook, um, Barbara Byrne Coaching and Caminos, or even Google, Barbara mm -hmm. Byrne Coaching Camino, you'll find me that way too. I've awesome. set it up on Google Business and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Okay. And the website is on its way. <laughs> so I'm delighted with that too. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I will I will definitely put your details yeah. into the I'll give you the episode. email address as well, yeah. Exactly, I put it great. into the description so everybody who's listening can find you. And yeah, is there any closing words of advice or anything that you would like to share with the listeners? Don't wait till you're 50. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Go for it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I think don't be afraid to pursue your dreams and don't let other people take the wind out of your sail mm. when you get knocked over. Get back up. Resilience is what's got me to where I am now. That's for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining me today here. And Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out listeningspaceonline.com and our social media to find more information about Cornelia and her guests. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Until next time.